Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sandspants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watch The Bride of Frankenstein. The Bride of Frankenstein is a 1935 science fiction horror film and the first sequel to Universal Pictures' 1931 film Frankenstein. It begins where the previous film ended, where it's revealed that both the monster and Dr. Frankenstein have not been killed as previously portrayed and that the Doctor wants to get away from mad experimentation. Yet when his wife is kidnapped by his creation as well as his former mentor, Dr. Pretorius, Dr. Frankenstein agrees to help him create a new monster, this time a woman. We are lucky enough today to be joined by, dare we call him, the mad doctor of cinema himself, one Alexi <laughs> Toliopoulos. Welcome, Alexi. Oh, my spookiest pleasure to be here, babies. <laughs> uh, Alexi, just to get us started, I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. are you, what, what's your history with horror? Are you, are you sort of more traditionally a scaredy boy or are you a bit of more of a brave boy? I am one of the most bravest babies that's ever <laughs> sat down in front of the cinema. Jeez. You need to teach us your secrets. I would love to because I, like you, began as a scaredy boy. No oh, way. Interesting. It's true. When I was a teenager, I was frightened of the movies <laughs> that featured <laughs> things that go bump in the night. Um, especially, I think, like, you know, we're about the same age. And, like, I, when I was a teenager, um, a lot of, like, the horror movies really did not appeal to me because it was, like, mm. that torture point. Corny, yep. very grimy, saw your hostels. Yeah, yep, yep. they had like, and to me, like this idea of like torture porn and grotesquerie that mm. um, really disturbed me. Like snuff films, like snuff mm. is the thing that scares me the most because it's cinema corrupted. I guess and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how dare yeah. you? How dare you do that? <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> and then um, I was like terrified of them, so I never watched yep. any of them. I was not a horror guy. I watched like you know the classics that. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the modern shit just freaked the shit out of me. But <laughs> yeah. when I went to film school is when I really like fell in love with horror and has mm. since become like my favorite genre. Like I oh, wow. adore wow. horror so much. And the secret to me, like unlocking it and also like kind of following your journey along this, like reading you guys' letterbox reviews for the movies and chiming in, like tuning into the podcast every mm. now and then and hearing you guys, your taste develop and stuff. <laughs> it reminds me of my journey as well because for me, it was like horror and especially horror and comedy are the only genre of cinema that 
is made for like the express purpose to elicit a very specific reaction from the mm, audience. Mm. For me, it was all about learning about how to make films and filmmaking. And horror was like a great gateway because you learn so much like from big directors and fascinating filmmakers, like how they get those reactions. Mm-hmm. And so it's like I learned so much about technique and filmmaking from watching horror. And now I'm fucking obsessed with this shit. Like I love <laughs> oh my it. God. I I think we need to start calling you the scaredy sensei. <laughs> it feels like you've you're the pinnacle that all scaredy boys should get to is become become like Alexi, yeah. basically. Wow, that's my dream to just <laughs> control the minds of many frightened little boys out there. <laughs> and yes, that is how I'm gonna describe it forever and ever. <laughs> oh, that's so interesting. I I, I really like obviously all cinema is sort of directed at at sort of arguably manipulating mm. you know an audience's uh, emotions and, and feelings in that experience, but I've never really thought about the fact that yeah, horror is obviously targeting so much on one particular mm. emotion. Um, do you remember the first horror movie where you where you actually enjoyed it, where you were having a good time oh. rather than a bad time? Um, yes, I do. It is a really shit one because <laughs> okay. um, it was like I remember watching it with my cousins, probably like a, when it first came out on like Foxtel or something on yeah. cable, which was the '99, I believe, remake of The Haunting with Liam Neeson, oh, right. wow. and Zeta Jones, the Hill House one. It's the Hill House ah, one, baby. Okay. Like yes. it's uh, I have since like I love the original one. Mm. I love the book. The Netflix series pretty okay. Mm. Um, I'm on the payroll, so we give it a thumbs up. <laughs> um, it's pretty pretty good. It's yeah. really good actually, and that is me, um, t- you know, being p- perfectly honest about it. Now it's yeah. unbelievable that I do like it, but I do like it. <laughs> I don't know why I've created this scenario. You just talk yourself into a circle of guilt, and it's just no good. Yeah, and for something I genuinely think is really good, yeah. it's so bizarre that I did that to myself. Um, I think it's just because I love the original so much, sure. and the remake that I first saw. I was like, this is so freaky. I'm getting freaked out with my little cousins here. <laughs> and also it was like so stupid and like we could make fun of it. Because yeah. it's like there's one scene in particular we always thought was so funny where like it's chilling and there's someone walking around like this big um, ballroom mm-hmm. and it's like a grand piano with the open lid. And she's like, I can feel it. It's here. It's all around me. And then she like plucks the strings of the grand piano with her right. fingers on the inside of the lid and one of them snaps and slices her eye open oh and we're just like that's God. so funny we just thought that was so bizarre and so funny jeez this just feels so we're gonna have to watch that now that sounds yeah. fantastic yeah that sounds great <laughs> yeah it's uh I, I don't think I've ever seen it since but you know I've known it for 20 years in my head so it must be pretty effective cinema uh, well one more thing I wanted to ask you is for someone who's like you said horror is now one of your favorite genres. Mm. Do you find are you a bit of a, a snob now when it comes to horror? Like, is there is there some horror that you're like, ah, I've seen it, it's derogative, you know, whatever? Or are you more open to all horrors? That's a great question because I think like for me, like personally, as like uh, you know. Being a student of cinema is a lifelong journey, baby. Oh, yeah. You never get off the learning train. <laughs> and I like for me, it's all about celebration. Like I, do, I don't. I like to keep my taste very like expansive and broad, mm-hmm. so I can like you know like some art house find of a film to like the most mainstream or like trash. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I like trashy movies as well. So I 
don't want to like limit myself, but I would say with horror, I'm always on the hunt for things. Like mm-hmm. I'm always on the hunt for like the specific things that really appeal to me. Like I love witches. I love religious horror. I love yeah. werewolves. And like, there's not that many of those, <laughs> those films. I'm like always on the hunt for them. Yeah. So I think like, if anything, my taste when it comes to horror has become more specific to like, uh, subgenre or category mm-hmm. or yeah. motif and theme or characters rather than like, um, <laughs> uh, you know, taste spectrum, right? Yeah, like, you know, yeah, yeah. If it's a shit movie about witches, I'm like, oh, sick. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I don't care. I just want to see a spell get cast and Toad's head get chopped off. Have you seen The Beast Must Die? I. What's The Beast Must Die? Oh, oh man. Alexi. It's a, it's a werewolf film. Wow. Yeah. <gasps> okay. Old school uh, hammer horror. Oh, yeah, old school. Is it Hammer? I think it was Hammer before Hammer was Hammer. Okay. Isn't yeah, that sort yeah. of what we discovered? Um, Peter Cushing. Wow. Um, wow. Michael Gambon's in it. A very oh. young Michael Gambon. Basically, young. a rich a rich man invites people who are maybe his friends, but also he hates them. <laughs> we, don't, we, we couldn't figure it out. Okay. Invites them to a mansion and mm. tells them that one of them is a werewolf and he's going to figure it out. And then there is like a part in the movie where they stop for a minute and do like a werewolf break so the audience can figure out who the werewolf is. Oh. It's the best. It's so good. It's fantastic. I have to see this today. Like, if I don't see this in the next, like, three hours, I will die. I will just... My body will stop working if I don't start accepting this through my eyes yeah. that this movie exists. It's it's phenomenal. Whoa. And the, the, the aesthetic is absolutely wild. There are scenes where the, the host of the party who is hunting the werewolf is just going around and, like... A wetsuit cut into a deep V to about his navel. Okay, I when you started describing this movie, a wetsuit was never going to be in my aesthetic vision of it. It's his hunting uniform. What? So where does he hunt? The fucking Pacific Ocean, or is it like on his property? It's like a private island. Oh my god, it's an island. Is it an island, guys? I think it's an island. I think it is, but I also feel like what stating that it's it's deep in. Black exploitation yep. times. What the? F- so that's got a large reason to do with the skin, with the black man wearing the skin tight deep V. I think is. What? Yeah. Can I honestly? I need you to be honest. Are you guys fucking? With me? No. <laughs> this is a real movie. I thought you're talking about like Cluedo shit. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, it's got that. It's vibe. like a Miss yeah. Marple shit going on. There's some Poirot stuff, like Poirot with like werewolves. And now I'm hearing black exploitation skin type <laughs> wetsuits. I'm like, what the hell? Yep. It's, it's basically like, what if what if Miss Marple or like Poirot was set in the 70s and was horny wow. ass? Yeah. Oh my god, this is. <laughs> do you ever just hear something? You go, you know, there must be magic out there. <laughs> Someone like 80 years ago wrote a movie just for this little guy. <laughs> what the hell? I've never even heard of this movie, and I can't believe it. I'm crying. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed that we have unearthed something that exists in cinema that you have not heard of. Well, you've also unearthed that I'm a complete fraud. <laughs> I don't know anything about movies, let alone horror movies. I, I did want to ask you, Alexi, you're a huge collector mm-hmm. of cinema. What's your most prized horror movie in your collection? Wow. My most prized horror movie. There's some new ones that I just got that I'm mm-hmm. very excited about. One of them is like this big new box set of just um, Dawn of the Dead. Oh, that's like yeah. in 4K. And it's got like five different cuts of the movie in it and stuff. <laughs> it comes with like the original novelization of it that I'm super psyched for. Another one is like a bit of exploration for me. It's a Friday 13th, like this big box set mm. that uh, Shout Factory did in America that I just got for like a huge bargain. And I've never seen, I've only seen two of them, which mm. is like Jason X, the sci-fi one, 
which you guys have to watch on this podcast. All right, we will. We haven't, haven't done it. It's like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and it's the only one I've seen, so it's like a big exploration. And the other one I just got as well for Bargain, uh, we will be discussing today because it is like... Um, a box set of like all 32 original Universal Monster movies. Oh, nice. All the sequels oh, and stuff. Oh, fuck yes. So, and plus that, and I do have like a two posters that are like these beautiful like prints, uh, like with metallic paint and stuff mm. of uh, the movie we're talking about today, Bride of Frankenstein and Nosferatu. Oh, so, cool. it's like Sweet. they match each other like part of a set. And um, they sit next to my TV. So every time I'm watching a movie, the bride watches over me. <laughs> Be honest, do you give them little kisses just when you walk past just to remind them that you're Too love dangerous. Them? Too dangerous. Would never try it. <laughs> well, we're not going to get a better segue than that. So, Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, when, when, when did you sort of discover this beautiful gem? Obviously, it's been around forever, but what was the f- when was the first time you watched it? In cinemas, 1935. <laughs> as a young man. Uh, I think I would have probably seen it like on TV, on cable, right. young, yeah. and then like, you know, not pay too much attention to it. Yeah. But then over probably like the last, uh, I would say maybe like six or so years, mm-hmm. um, I've rediscovered I was like wow this is a really cool movie but Mm. then I would say like around the time that Cameron and James and I started doing Total Reboot I started having like this obsession with sequels and like Mm -hmm. getting the idea of like how do you continue a text how do you like I'm really into sequels from like a philosophical level Mm -hmm. an academic level like what do you do with them creative level I'm obsessed with them. And so I was like, well, this is like the first well-known sequel that is like so deeply beloved and has like uh, probably the first film where its legacy is probably more than its original film as well, which is Mm, also a classic. Um, And so I think it's got a very special place in cinema. And so like I went back to it with like the express purpose of like, what is the first sequel like and what can it teach us about sequels now? Awesome, and it yeah. just blew my fucking dick <laughs> off into the toilet, flushed itself. Because, like, you can see everything, like, about, like, what the way cinema is now, like, in this yep. movie, like, retconning and, uh, like, how to develop character further after character's already been developed, mm. how to add in new characters, how to, like, also how to retread stuff from the first movie but still expands mm-hmm. on it. And tone shifts, because it's like the first movie's amazing. And but I think this one's so unique because also like it's really funny. Yes. Like it's a genuinely <laughs> super funny, weird movie. And so I just I think that's why like I you know, when you guys asked me what movies I wanted to do, I was like, Oh, we gotta talk about this movie because it's so weird. And I think people can really get a lot out of it yeah. now. Yeah, I agree. I th- I found it was really a sequel. So I actually watched Frankenstein and this one back to back just because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I've never seen the original Frankenstein. I should watch it, which I was also impressed with. But then, yeah, I think I was even further impressed with this one because it did exactly what you said, where it built on the first one so well. And in, and like brought this like tenderness into it. Like obviously oh, Frankenstein's this fairly tragic character, but 
the the softness and kindness that we see from him mm. and how he really is just, you know, a child's mind in a monster's body was done so well. I was, like, genuinely moved by how lovely it's, it was. It's really lovely. And I, I will, look, I'll take this opportunity to say this. So, normally on this show when we get a guest on, Alexi, I tell them to fuck off because they've made me watch something <laughs> that's given me nightmares. So, I have to say thank you because I wow. didn't get any nightmares from watching this. I just, my heart filled with... Love for for big monster Frank, mm-hmm. um, and also the way that Boris Karloff growls like a motorcycle when he's threatened, <laughs> and I love that <laughs> so much. It also made me sad though, just because the man just wants friendship and companionship, yeah, and he just can't have mm. it, and so no. decides to kill himself essentially. Yeah, he wants a cigarette too. He wants a cigarette real bad. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is it a cigar? Cigar, sorry. Yeah. I think it was a blunt. <laughs> <laughs> I think he smokes blunts in this movie. He took to it real quick. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He loves chopping off this film. I think that's one of like the great secrets is like, yeah, this is a movie from the 30s. How cool can it be? Uh, the dude is fucking smoking blunts and got bolts on his head. That's sick. Alexis, do <laughs> you know much about like, did they have to cut heaps out? Because one of my favorite things when I looked into it was that in the original trailer, it had like a great line. It was something like, a lifetime mm. of entertainment in two hours, and then the movie is 75 minutes. <laughs> oh, I think it would probably mean like the two-hour experience of going to the movies. Okay. Because like back in the day, like the movies movies are so different. Like the way you watch them is so different now, where like back in the day, it would just be like, the whole like the whole thing would just be movies playing all day. You buy a ticket and you walk in at any point. And it wasn't until like stuff like Psycho came out where they're like, you have to see this movie from the start. You can't come in halfway through. You're gonna ruin mm. the movie for yourself. You have to come in at this point. Especially for like, you know, exploitation y B movie stuff. Like that's where a B movie comes from, because there's an A picture and a B ah. picture and they play together, mm. like a double feature. And so people just like, you know, fucking go in, no big deal. They can leave halfway through the movie, not really care. And so I think like maybe that refers to that where they're like two hours of your life, including a newsreel about how shit is (laughs) fucked up in Europe as well as it is here in America. (laughs) Do you know, was Psycho like one of the first ones where they had like an usher basically lock the door when the movie started? Um, There was a couple others. There's uh, a filmmaker that Hitchcock really looked up to in France called Henri-Georges Clouseau, um, who uh, made a few other films, but I think this is a movie Diabolique that he made um, that was the first to mm. do it. And then Hitchcock like adapted that, but it broke with Hitch, mm. basically. It broke. <laughs> yeah. Caught on. I think that the thing that blew my mind that was just very funny was as I was watching it, there's a moment where Pretorius and Frank have a little toast mm-hmm. and he says mm. to a world of gods and monsters and i was like yeah. why is that so familiar mm, why do yeah, i recognize yeah. that line and then i remembered it was the launch of the dark universe right <laughs> exactly it is the company catchphrase of prodigium the owners of the dark universe <laughs> headed up by our very own russell crowe <laughs> man watching this and then thinking about that i was like man mm. kind of sucks that we never got that but but also maybe it's a good thing we never got that mm. yeah yeah because the next one was going to be a remake of this yeah. with um Directed by Bill Condon, who directed a movie called Gods and Monsters about James Weld, the director of this film. Um, So he's obsessed with this shit. He's obsessed with the Universal Monsters. And I believe it was going to be... Javier Bardem, I think. Yeah, and and Angie. Angie Jolie. 
And I think it was going to be set in the modern day. I'm yeah. like, oh, what the hell? I don't want to see that movie. I don't want to. I don't want it. Well, on that line, some of the dialogue in this movie was just superb. It's like so over the top, but so lovely. Like even the mm. opening scene, how first of all, I really enjoyed that that sort of um, intro to the movie where we see Mary Shelley and yes. Lord Percy and um, and her husband. I just thought that was great. I, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm enjoying it. And then, but there was a line where it's like, um, was it Lord? Is it Lord Percy? Am I saying that right? Uh, it's uh, Lord Byron. Lord and Byron. Then Lord, Lord Byron. Percy is uh, Mary Shelley's husband. Her husband. Which, yeah. by the way, the first time I saw this, that is like what like cut my head in half because <laughs> I've seen like Frankenstein already. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I'll check out the sequel. Mm. And it begins with like, oh, yes. I remember that nightmare you told us about the other day? <laughs> like the story that everyone knows. Like the this is like the one book and story that everyone knows yeah. and how it was written, how the author came up with it. It was like three fancy people like talking about their dreams and stuff. Yes. And they yeah. all wrote books based on them. And then like, they're like, she's like, well, actually I had another dream the other night. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, okay, this is so funny. This is such a funny way to do this. Yeah. And like, you know, that's not in the first movie. They right. don't have like Mary Shelley or Lord Byron hanging out, like <laughs> talking about the writing. Lord Byron too. That motherfucker rolls his R's so, <laughs> yes, hard. so hard. He even refers to like rolling his R's at some point. And it's like, yeah, you love it. You are yeah. the horniest man for rolling your R's. <laughs> It's just like it's such a weird choice to open the yeah. movie like that. I'm just like, how in 1935 did you have the idea to open a movie this way? I think it's so right. interesting, <laughs> and like it's very revolutionary to just be like, mm. well, here's the real story. This is really what happened, and mm. we're gonna lift the veil of it, and like we're gonna cut open our old like a whole new story in here. I think like James Whale is like a really phenomenal filmmaker. Mm. He's like someone I admire a lot because I think he really revolutionized like, I mean, like what camp is in cinema. And this is like a really camp movie. And like camp cinema and like is so like entwined with my sense of humor Mm, that mm. like, you know, we got a lot of James Whale to like thankful for that because, you know, he really like got a lot of freedom making this weird movie and he Mm. made something so unique. Mm. He really did. Like, and the humor that you mentioned, like, there were a few moments that I had to write down because I'm like, I don't want to forget this weird little thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. One is like the whole character of Minnie is so oh. off the fucking chain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She's like, she's so horny for, for burning Frankenstein in the very first scene, like more so mm-hmm. than you, Carney, who's horny for burning oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> but then like every choice she makes as an actress is just wild you never know what's mm. going to happen someone tells her almost immediately he's shut up your old fool and go ah uh, go bite your tongue off <laughs> it's just great you're like okay i'm in a good world here this is a good place her role in this movie was the first time audio ever peaked in a film was oh, her, wow. sc- her, scre- her screeches no i just have to guess because you can hear be. it you're just like it yeah be. just the first time like a a mic was ever blown out by someone <laughs> screeching into it two sound guys died recording just her dial <laughs> <laughs> Tom, she's a mixture of you and me. Horny for fire and peeking microphones. And then the other part was when, I'm not going to go through the whole movie, but like when 
uh, they go into the the mill, and there's that the shot of the owl. While Frankenstein mm. murders two people, we get two shots of this owl who clearly doesn't give a fuck. Like the owl looks bored, and something about that just really made me laugh. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> it's it's a really it's like such a surprise. This movie, I think yeah. that's the main thing. It's like. It will ne- it will defy anyone's expectations of what it is because now we're like highlighting like oh it's so weird and funny there's all there's this scene where like Doctor Pretorius comes in and showcases yes I've made mini people <laughs> right <There's> like <laughs> yes little thumbelinas and stuff like he makes little thumbelinas and like right. it looks amazing like uh, like yes this is one looks quite like me he's very handsome and like <laughs> showing them off going like yes I created life too but they are the size of a hand and it looks incredible. Yes. And it's so weird yeah. and funny. But then there's like so much touching moments, like when uh, the monster meets um, like the old blind man who's mm, playing mm. like Ave Maria on his violin. And like he makes his first like actual friend, um, as he says 10,000 times, crying. <laughs> yeah. He's like, friend, friend. <laughs> and like all the emotional beats, like still really hit so like really nice notes. Mm. And especially like I think the finale. Um, of this movie, like you said, where like the monster basically like damns himself and like the things that are wrong in this world, mm. and I think it's like really, really sad, like sad, like yeah. very, very sentimentally sad. Yeah, I agree. The one thing that annoyed me though is that the doctor, or Doctor Frankenstein, mm-hmm. I kind of annoyed he gets to live because basically he's a dog. Like, if <laughs> yes. if we're looking at the motif of like, I. Uh, this is a father bringing a son into the world against mm-hmm. his will, which, you know, that's generally the case for everyone who was ever born. Well, then he's a real prick of a dad. Like, yes, Frank has nothing but tragedy and everyone screaming at him and telling him to fuck off. And yet Dr. Frankenstein gets to walk away with his bride and be happy. Like, that doesn't seem right to me. It's, it's funny because the studio made them do it because they wanted a happy ending, but I don't feel happy mm. at the end. I'm like, no, no, no you're, you're the bad guy, you motherfucker. <laughs> exactly. And also, <laughs> yeah. he's interesting because I watched it and I'm like, he's really low energy, I think. Mm. Like, he seems to have a really inactive sort of role. And then I read that he like got injured just before filming. So most of his stuff is just him sitting down. Yeah. Right, oh. right. And he also is like supremely depressed. It's like, what have I done? Yeah. I effed <laughs> everything up. I ruined my town and stuff. But, you know, it's an p- important cinema lesson why he gets a happy ending. All dogs go to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hook up with his hot wife for the rest oh. of his lifetime. Hey, I tell you what, though. You know who is actually the best doctor in this? And it is Pretorius because he gets that incredible scene yes. where he's just drinking with some oh. bones in a mausoleum. <laughs> so good. Yeah, he's just having a, a chill dinner. Yeah, he's not surprised that the monster's there either. He's just like, oh, yeah, I figured I'd see you at some point. It's like, why the fuck do you think he's going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, that's a wild performance as well. Oh, I can't yeah. remember the actor's name, but he's just like, he's so hammy and so <laughs> funny. Like, he's he's the whole performance, he's, one of his eyebrows is cocked like, for like 68 minutes, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, he's a weapon. He also had that great, there was a line that I loved, partially because he did, did have that big hammy performance. He's like, science, like love, has her little surprises. Uh, uh, yeah. By that point, I'm like, yeah, this is this is a four star film for me, right? Here. Yeah, and there's so good, so much good hand waving stuff. We're like, yeah, science is just magic for the modern age, baby. And stuff. I was like, yes, this is what I want to hear. I love this shit. I made a little mermaid using something with seaweed. Okay, but then no, sorry, he makes the mermaid. Yeah. 
and kind of dismisses it as like, oh, this is just a, you know, trivial. Mm. You've made a little mermaid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait till you see the little king that I made. All these little people is my speciality. The king's super horny, BT Dub, just so you know. I know. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> All right, well, I'll ask the question. Were we scared then? <laughs> no. I, I was having, having too much fun. I was having too much of a good time. Yeah. I did fall in love, and I wasn't mm. ready for that. <laughs> With the mini king over. <laughs> now the bishop. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a great one because, like, it's not scary, mm. but you kind of, like, they, it does have, like, those darker tones as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's got emotions, got laughs, but it's like, you know... It's like if you read Frankenstein, it's the same thing where it's right. like, yeah, I guess I'll be scared, you know, back in the day. But it's like I have to think about things, like yeah. why I would have been scared. <laughs> do, do you think audiences back in the day were terrified by this film? Um, I think no, not really. Mm. Like I think it would more be like they'd be scared about the things where like, oh, you need to go get us a new dead body right. for this experiment. And then he just goes and kills some yeah. lady. Like yeah. I think that would be quite scary. Mm. Cause I think like, you know, the rest of us like quite sophisticated with like humor and stuff. I think mm. people would just be like, Wow, I'm feeling like all ten of my emotions that exist in nineteen thirty five. And it's like I think that would be the whole experience. Right. Yeah. Mm. I guess for them, the scariest thing might have been when he was smoking the blood because uh, that yeah. was pretty revolutionary. They'd be like, damn, i got to get me some of that. <laughs> if it's- I'll get some of that sticky thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I definitely could say I was scared, nor did I really expect to. But I I was like not scared, but like sad definitely when, when Frank, you know, had to do what he had to do at the end of the film. Mm. And also when just the, the bride immediately rejects him. You're like, this... Yes. Poor fucking dude has had nothing but rejection. He gets a woman specifically built for him, and then she also mm. rejects him. It's not just rejection; it's like a guttural scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that I love the that character, the bride. Mm. It's like maybe I would say 
fuck, if I really think about it, it's like my favorite design of a character yes. ever. Like, I think it's such a gorgeous design, and I love Elf, like Elsa Lanchester's performance mm. as well, where it's like just like that. Like that, like you said, like that guttural scream mm. when she first sees it, but then she like is resigned to her fate as well. And I think she's great as Mary Shelley. Like I think she's really good in this movie. But De Bride is like a phenomenal character for just like under ten minutes of oh, screen right. time. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, not. Yeah. She's. I, I was. I was watching it uh, with my girlfriend and. The credits rolled, and she's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Mm. That, that's it. The movie's called Bride of Frankenstein. She doesn't show up for the last five <laughs> minutes, and then yeah. that's it. She's gone. Yeah, and immediately dies. Yeah, but look at the legacy. True. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like both both her and and this version of Frankenstein. Like I'm I'm imagining what we think of Frankenstein comes from these movies more so than the book. Yeah, but yeah, they both have just this stunning iconic look mm. that, and like you said, is she's on there for ten minutes, and then yet the memory like. I'm sure lots of people, myself included, who haven't seen this movie, know what she looks like because mm. the look is this sort of very stunning, iconic thing. So, very impressive there. It mm. didn't scare me, but it scared me in how impressive it was. Yeah. <laughs> Frosting on a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have the bride to thank for uh, Johnny Depp's Sweeney Todd hair in the movie Sweeney Todd. So, thanks, bride. Yeah. We could not be more grateful. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, did our characters act wisely or foolishly, do we think? I think, look, Victor is... Oh, no, is he, is he, Victor, is he Victor in this or is he called Henry? Uh, he's called Henry Frankenstein. Because right. Victor's too scary and European, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Henry, nice, good American name. Uh, yeah, yeah, Henry, he... Like, I don't think he has... Well, he doesn't have much choice. They kidnap his wife. Mm. But I will say this. When he's animating a corpse, he could do a shit job, but he doesn't. Yeah. He chooses to be like... Nah, I'm gonna make him get me a better heart and a better bit oh, yeah. of this. Mm. It's like you're into He's this horny too for much, science. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he yeah. loves it. I think he also like acts realistically because like he is super depressed, like in this movie, <laughs> and like he's almost catatonic. Like at the start, he we do think he is dead and stuff, but then like the rest of the movie, he may as well be dead because he's just like, oh god. Oh, yeah. they're making me do everything. They're making me create life again. Oh, I got to get it done. But he's just like, really, he's so sad. Like that he's effed everything up. Yeah. I, I I do think he most comes alive when like, there's that scene early on with him and his wife where he is technically denouncing mad scientism, mm. but he also gets pretty fucking passionate before he does. Like he delivers some mm. killer lines of dialogue about playing God. And he almost had the secrets and, you know, going to take God down and all this sort of stuff. That's really awesome. So, like, there is that... I do kind of like that he's got this conflict of, oh, I probably shouldn't because, mm. you know, uh, desecrating people and all that sort of stuff. But, geez, I want to. Like, he's pretty <laughs> frigging keen when he gets into the actual act of doing it. Yeah. But I also, the one thing about this movie, like, they line you up with the monster so much more, like, yeah, for who yeah. you feel empathy for. So, maybe, like, should we look at, like, how the monster acts? Because... Mm. I think he acts like with his heart the whole time and you can't yeah. fault someone for that. Like he's trying to protect but instead he accidentally kills people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I loved about this movie in terms of Frank and and yeah, I do think he acted wisely. Like in the first film, 
he accidentally kills a girl mm. when it's this lovely scene where they're throwing flowers into the lake. And she's like, look, I can make a little boat. So he does it. He's gleeful. He's joyous. Runs out of flowers and thinks, oh, well, maybe the girl will float. And then she does it. And he mm. accidentally kills her. And it traumatizes him in that first movie. And then I love in this one that when that shepherd girl falls in the water, he immediately gets her out because he's learned yeah. his lesson. Like, he is trying... like. That to me is almost the tragedy of this. If he did, if Dr. Frankenstein hadn't been such a cunt of a dad and actually treated him with tenderness and kindness and taught him things, kind of like how the blind uh, hermit was doing, well, Mm. then, yeah, he could have been just a nice dude. Exactly. If he was tragically just slightly too ugly to (laughs) be taught niceties (laughs) in life. What I I love, too, is just in that those lessons is... He goes from like knowing the word for like food and bread and wood and mm. good, and that's about mm. it, to meeting Dr. Pretorius and being able to speak in full sentences. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like they're still, it's still broken English, but he's like conveying full complex ideas. Mm. And I will say yeah. again, he acts very wisely because he's like, all right, if you're not going to make me a wife, I'm going to take yours. Yes. I know you'll do yes. it. I guess he is like the clones of Camino where he is learns at a much faster rate than a normal human being. <laughs> yeah. Now. Oh, man. I, d- I didn't think we'd be talking about the clones of Camino in this, but I'll tell you what, I'm glad we are. <laughs> I can always want to tackle the clones reference anyway. I can bring it in. <laughs> all right, boys, then how would the four of us do? So I guess for this situation... Are we Dr. Frankenstein or are we Frankenstein the mo- where, like which side do we think we want to fall on for this hypothetical? It's it's true. I think I think I'd like to suggest mm. that we are the two assistants for Pretorius mm. and we've got to get we got to do all this shitty work for him. We've yeah. got to get him another body. We've got to get him a bride. Okay. Great. All right. Does that mean Alexi, <laughs> our special guest, is Frank? The man himself. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, we're working. We're, we're working for you. Okay, cool. Well, I'm coming in. I'm chopping my blunt. I'm getting fucking blitzed up here, making you guys order things. Listen, babies, I absolutely need to get my rocks off. Okay, I'm all bolted up, and I'm desperate to get some. Please help me relax. Can you help get me? Some another hideous creature for me to bump <laughs> the most ugliest of uglies with, please. <laughs> All right, how do we do it? Are we digging up graves? I think we're digging up graves. Well, either that or we're Pretorius and we're, we're building a woman from scratch. He seemed to be able to do that for some reason. Mm. He grew a brain. I oh, just grew the brain from scratch. Oh, the rest of it was still. Body parts. Yeah. Mm. Right. I oh, then we're so. going yeah. digging, yeah. boys. They do say something like, oh, a 19-year-old girl just died. I'm like, okay, gross, dude, gross. <laughs> cool. So that's us. That's who we are in this scenario. We're getting pretty horny for dead 19-year-olds. Yeah. Um, then, yeah, we're going digging. We're having, a, we're having a good time of it. Isn't growing a brain a real risk? Like, I'm just... My only knowledge is the, uh, the hammer <laughs> one we watched with Peter Cushing yeah. as Dr. Frankenstein. And, like, they... Didn't they push a, a really smart guy off a balcony to get his brain? Yep. Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And then drop the brain, and that's what makes Frankenstein. That's monster right. Yeah, insane. the brain got a bit damaged. <laughs> so making yeah. one from scratch, I assume he hasn't been able to test it until he puts it into a, a monster for the first time. That mm. brain could be anything. Well, I mean, she yeah. did start immediately hissing and spitting at everyone. So, yes. So who's our loyalty to? Our loyalty is to Frank. Because that's who we work for. So, we've yeah. got to get a good brain. Yeah. Please, I, please, guys. If we're going to win this scenario, <laughs> it's it's to get Frank laid. I think that is our yeah. ultimate win in this one. Yes. So, boys, I'm going to suggest something. There's going to be no digging. We don't have to grow any brains. We're just going to find someone who's going to who's gonna want to bang Frank for some cash. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe? Maybe? Hey. There is, yeah. is going to be... We're going to do... We're going to do... 
The Bachelor, wow. but it is it is Frank. <laughs> wow. So, you know, he's a sensitive guy. That's great. He's a man of a few words. Frankenstein mm-hmm. wants um, a wife. Will accept these bolts? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Frankenstein wants a wife. He'll make That's so it. much money too. People have to pay, have to like pay t- for tickets to come and watch the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. It's huge. This will work. The monster is weeping. Of, like the beauty of this. <laughs> <laughs> the monster just talking to camera, you know, just really want a girlfriend yeah. and just going, rrr, 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 Rose good. Rose good. <laughs> just having to do like hometown week where yeah. he brings them to meet yeah. like Henry Frankenstein and he's like, What the fuck are you doing yeah. here? <laughs> Who's this, who's this TV crew? These three guys. <laughs> she sits down with Dracula and is like, listen, you need to make sure that you do not break his heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's perfect. Then we branch out and we become like the monster lover whisperer. Yes. So we get a g- Dracula, he wants heaps of girlfriends. Yeah. He's on The Bachelor every few weeks. Yes. Right. So we get him, we get him like heaps of heaps of girls. We get Swamp he, Swamp Boy, he wants the creature mm-hmm. from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. He yep. wants a girlfriend. Absolutely. Sure he does. We get him one. The mummy, he wants a, she, he wants a exactly. girlfriend. That's all they want. They all want girlfriends. Invisible Man's a real challenge. Um, that's yeah. a boring season. Hard sell. Yeah, yeah. real boring yeah. season. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of empty fields. <laughs> cheap season, though. Very cheap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You just sure, say yeah. you're shooting him. He's there. Yeah. We're filming, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. can just lie and come up with anything. Yeah. yeah. That feels good. Uh, that feels like uh, we won this one. Frankie Frankie got what he needed. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful three-season TV show. <laughs> <laughs> and then probably he gets to host like morning radio or something in like Adelaide after that. So it is oh, the dream. I'm excited. It's after the dream. three seasons, flawless <laughs> yeah. English. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He's at the top yeah. of his game by that point. No doubt. Except all, those, all the cigars kill him, though. <laughs> Actually, he destroys his voice. <laughs> he ends up with the smokiest voice. Then he can be on late night radio. That's his. Oh, that's yes. his yeah. Frankenstein up late, dude. That's what you want. Doing love song dedications, oh. but it's it's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's a dream. Beautiful. He would love Fuck. that job. And he just got he's got somewhere to hang the cans on when he just puts them on the bolts at the end of the show. <laughs> Well, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Davian. I've been Sean. I've been Tom. And I'm Alexi. Now, Alexi, there was one more thing that I wanted to ask you about, uh, mm-hmm. which is that there's there's a, been a bit of a rumbling on the streaks that your podcast, Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet about movies, is it's back in a big way. Yes, we are back, baby. We took like the first part of this year off because we were exhausted after making Finding Desperado. Sure. And we just were like, let's not podcast for a minute. We're tired. <laughs> um, so we're bringing it back. We're like doing a little soft reboot on Total Reboot itself. Usually we talk about like an original movie and its reboots, remakes, ripoffs. Mm-hmm. But we would decided that we want to like investigate cinema on like a broader spectrum. So we're like picking like bigger miniseries to do like on specific topics like it could be a genre it could be a theme uh so we're kicking things off looking at teen movies to try and investigate like what are teens like when it comes to cinema how does cinema represent them and how does that translate to culture itself so we're doing it all about teen movies for the first few weeks Mm -hmm. And kicking things off with Dazed and Confused by the great Richard Linklater, one of my all-time favorite movies, Mm. one of Cameron's all-time favorite movies as well. So if you've never listened to it before, it's uh, very similar to this podcast where we pick like great movies, 
riff around, make fun of them a little bit, but also like try to dive deeper and figure out like why we connect to them as well and why they work and why they endure. Mm, that's beautiful. A reboot's getting a reboot. Like it doesn't get much more meta than that. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> Finally, we're getting meta, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on Sans Pants as well. So we're all part of the most gorgeous family. <laughs> we are. We are. Well, thank you so, so much for, uh, for coming on the podcast and for introducing us to this beautiful movie we really appreciate it oh i'm so glad you guys dog it i'm so happy if you guys didn't like brother frankenstein i probably would have been really upset <laughs> i was like i was like this is such a winner they're gonna like it it's nice it's funny it's friendly it's not gonna be too scary yeah for us soft boys it's uh it's right now sweet spot it's beautiful oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and if you scary listeners have any comments about this episode i would like to say hi you can email us at three scared boys at gmail.com or you can find us on twitter at scary boys or individually i'm at midday pajamas i'm at carney from 55 i'm at awkward trade and I'm at This Is Alexi across all social medias, including Instagram and Twitter. And actually, that's all of them. I don't use any others. <laughs> PlayStation. You can add me on PlayStation and I'll forget who you are for years. And and on Letterboxd? Yeah, or Letterboxd. I'm at This Is Alexi on Letterboxd. That's actually the mm. social media I mainly use. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Stay scared, everyone. My spookiest pleasure to be here, babies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.